financial grown-up guide, realistic work-from-home productivity tips that we can actually stick to with Resourceful Consultants founder, Barbara Reich. You're listening to Financial Grown-Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money, but it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown-up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Welcome, everyone. I hope each and every one of you is safe and staying healthy with your family and friends and making the best of this kind of crazy situation. And I hope this podcast is helpful being a part of your new routine. I know that bringing it to you guys and the feedback that I get really makes a difference to me. So I just want to thank all of you for that. And of course, thank you to those of you who have left reviews and thanks in advance for those of you who will hopefully take the time now that you have a little more time. It's tough, I know, but it really means a lot, not just to me, but it also really helps when people are looking for new ideas of shows that they might want to subscribe to if they read a review from someone that is a listener. So thank you, and I really appreciate it when you guys do take the time to review on Apple Podcasts or in other places where you can leave reviews that carry podcasts. So working from home, we're going to talk about it because it used to be considered a real perk, something that you could use in negotiations, something that you wanted, a reward if your employer really believed that you were up to it. But now it's something that is just happening, whether we want it, whether we're good at it or not. And some of us are really good at it and some of us are not. Most of us fall somewhere in the middle. So when the stay-at-home orders started, a lot of people put together plans to be productive and stay focused if fortunately you were still working, which is a good thing, while you were at home. While many people are working at home, by the way, a lot of you guys also are working from home at places that aren't your normal home. You might be staying with relatives, you might be staying with friends, or you may have moved to a different home that maybe is somewhere where you have less exposure to other people that may be infected. So these are not always our normal work from home places even. So we set up places to work that we thought might be, at least in my case, I thought it would be about a couple weeks. They talked about 15 days to slow the spread and now it's going on and on. The truth is, as time goes on, what we thought were these short-term solutions, they were kind of like band-aids. And now, at least for me, they're kind of wearing thin and I have to find more long-term realistic solutions. So I reached out to my friend, organizational expert Barbara Reich of Resourceful Consultants for help. In addition to being the author of Secrets of an Organized Mom, she is a frequent guest on shows like the Today Show, Good Morning America. She's been featured in pretty much every publication you can imagine, including the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Time Magazine, and so on. She had some great ideas and some reminders of things that we were already supposed to be doing, but it's always good to hear again. Here is Barbara Reich. Barbara Reich, Resourceful Consultants, thank you for coming back to the show. Thank you. You are going to get us organized for our work from home, new reality, new for now. And actually, a lot of the tips you have will be great even going forward. So I'm excited to hear them. Before we get to them, how have you been during this whole pandemic? So I have to say that it's sort of been nice if we look at the silver lining to have been able to hit pause. I have two college-age children that are home and we have had some nice family time. They've learned how to clean their bathroom. We've been having that nice time. And 
I have had several projects that I have been wanting to do for years, like digitizing 15 years of client files that I have gotten to. So I feel good about that. There's definitely an upside here. Another upside is that you've brought us three different areas that we can work on during this time that we're going to go through. One is to organize your surroundings. Another area is time management and then digital decluttering. So let's start with the first one. The first one is controlling your surroundings. And this is something really important that gets to us. I know I work a lot better when I feel like everything around me is in order, even if I don't always do it. When I do do it, it works. One thing that's really, really easy is clearing your countertops. Just having the countertops in your home clear will make you feel like you're not in the presence of clutter, even if you can't do the deep dive and get into the weeds and and really get into the drawers and, and stuff like that. And I know even if I'm doing something, like let's say I'm doing a video on TV and I have a you know, it's, it's a timed thing. The first thing I do is sweep everything off the counter so that we get that great after look. So, um, you really do want to clear your, your counters. The second thing that you can do is you can group your light things together. So the only way you will know how much of something you have and when you need more of something is if you have it all in one place. So whether you're talking about light bulbs, whether you're talking about Clorox wipes, whether you're talking about black sweaters, you need to know how many you have and where you have them. And another tip that I would give you is that you want to store things where you use them and you want to have very defined locations for things. So people never lose their toothbrush because their toothbrush is in the bathroom and stays in the bathroom and it never goes anywhere else. So if you can apply that toothbrush rule to every other thing in your house, then you're not going to lose things. So in terms of organizing your physical space, and especially now where, you know, I almost feel like sometimes I'm procuring food, like I'm a frontiers person, you know, going to the grocery store. I know exactly what I need so that I don't have six things of yogurt because I saw it and I wasn't sure if I needed it or didn't need it. It's because I know that all of my yogurt is in one place in my refrigerator, for example. How do you get your family? Because you have two kids and a husband. How do you get them to get on board with this? Do you ever get resistance or because they've grown up with you, they know how to toe the line? So I don't give them a lot of choices for the common areas of the house. Um, They sort of do what they want in their rooms. I have one child that's very neat and one child that's not as neat. I mean, you know, look, we're all de- dealing with errant family members. I, at the beginning of this, I take this much more seriously than my husband. I had washed our sheets, the blanket, the duvet cover, and I put a note on the bed that said, do not sit down in your, quote, with, in quotes, outside clothes. And my husband just moved the paper away and sat down. I said, you were outside <laughs> in the clothes. How dare you sit on the bed? And he's like, you're crazy. So, you know, you just have to sort of figure out what what the things are that are not movable. You know, what are the things that are, are written in stone and the other things you have to relax a little bit. It's actually a question I get a lot from people. What do you do when you want to be neat, but the other members of your family don't. And I had one client when we designed her kitchen, we had the husband saver cabinet was what we called it where her husband, we gave him a place to put his mess, but generally I would reserve the common areas of the home for the places where there can be no clutter and people can sort of do what they want in their bedrooms. Next thing we're going to talk about is setting a routine and sticking to it. You have three time management tips for us. Setting a routine is important, but it's never been more important than now when we don't have as much structure, because what you'll find is if you don't have a plan, you might stay in bed, checking social media, 
reading the umpteenth news report that's basically saying the same thing or wildly different things, and you won't get anything done. So you want to determine your priorities for the next day every single day. So what I personally do is before I go to sleep, I send myself an email with a list of the things that I'm going to get done the next day. And where I usually spent, let's say, 80% of my time in clients' homes working with them, and I'm not doing that now, if I don't write down what the projects are that I want to get done, I'm going to do nothing all day. So, well, I might spend, you know, an hour wiping everything down that comes home from the grocery store. But other than that, I'm not going to, my goals aren't going to be achieved. And I also find that if you just sit down at your computer and you start answering emails, you might spend three hours answering emails, but you will not have done anything that was on your list because you're then becoming very reactive. You're helping other people get things off their list, but you are not strategic about what you want to get done. So you want to determine your priorities. You want to write them down. The other thing that you can do is you can check your email at predetermined times during the day. So if you are checking your email constantly during the day, there's going to be a lot of stopping and starting. It's multitasking. Multitasking has been correlated with stress and people multitask because they think that they're going to get more things done, but it's actually counterintuitive. You are less productive. They see a 30% degradation in your productivity. I'm sorry, a 20% degradation in your work quality and a 30% reduction in productivity when you multitask. So you don't want to go back and forth, back and forth. It's called context shifting and it's not the way to be productive. So if you checked your emails in a block and everybody knows that feeling of when you're just cruising through your email and you're just getting through them, it's because you're focused. So you're better off checking them maybe when you wake up, right before lunch, mid-afternoon, end of the day. And that way you won't get fewer emails, but you will spend less time answering them and responding to them. Finally, people spend a lot of time opening and closing an email that asks them to do something because they don't know how to say no. But the truth is you don't have to give a reason. So if you program yourself when you get a request that you don't want to do to say, I'm so sorry, I can't help out. I'm sure it's going to be a big success. I'm so sorry I can't be there. I know it's going to be a very special day for your family. You're completely off the hook. Yeah, that's much smarter. I have a bad habit of of the maybe, the well, I'll try. And then I get the follow-ups when I'm hoping maybe they'll forget to follow up. And then that's even worse than the white lies probably because then you're, you're stringing them along, which is really actually not doing anyone a favor. But the maybe didn't cross it off your list. Right, it's so worse. So your goal was really to cross it off your list. And the truth is, with all of us home, those excuses are largely gone. It's very difficult to say, I have plans every night that week, when the truth is, you're home. So you have to just somehow shut it down and just say, I'm not going to make it and not give a reason because you don't, in many cases, you don't have a reason. Right. The truth is, we're, we are home. We could do it. You just don't want to. And so you have to, but you don't have to say that because it could be hurtful, but you can say, I'm not going to be able to do that. Right. And not make it about the time. It's not about the time and it's not about whether you want it. It's just, I'm not doing it. Right. Because even though we're home, there are so many, for example, Zoom happy hours, you may not want to go once a week to so many of them. They do add up. You may enjoy them once every few weeks, but then you feel obligated and it, it can actually become a lot. Well, when I talk about time management and we talk about obligations, you have to really define what an obligation is and who says it's an obligation. Is it, exactly. I feel bad or do I really, really need to go? Right. You might enjoy it, but not as much. And I do think that 
again, a silver lining is that this has given us a chance to sort of reset and say, what are the things that I really enjoy doing? And what are the things that I'm not missing at all? So true. And the other thing that we're focusing on a lot, and this is the third and final area we're going to focus on, is our digital space. This is something that I am terrible at. And now I'm running out of excuses to not face up to the issue and finally get my email organized. I mean, we joked about you sent an email to me that I don't know that I got. And it's probably because I keep messing up my spam filters. I need to figure out one consistent system because I tend to go on this, you know, trying to organize things into different boxes. And then somehow I miss things. So give us your tips. You have three tips for digital decluttering. So we don't miss the important emails. Interestingly enough, I will work with people and they will have 47,000 emails that will, will show up. And I'll say, well, why do you have so many emails? And they say, well, you know, I'm saving them to remind me to do something. So saving an email as a visual reminder to do something is a fool's errand. Oh, so no. if you can imagine, I know you're looking right at if me. If you can imagine a desk And on the desk, there are 16 piles of paper. And you told me that you're saving a piece of paper to remind you to do something. You realize like you'll never, ever even be able to find the piece of paper to remind you to do something. It's buried. But if you had a desk where there was nothing on the desk but that one piece of paper, that might work as a visual reminder to do something. So you don't want to save emails as a visual reminder to do something. But that brings me to the next tip, which is you need to create a digital filing system. So just like you would file your papers and paper files, you want to create those files so that when you open an email, there's really two choices. First of all, you're going to respond, and then you're going to either delete it or file it. But if you trust your digital filing system and you know where to find something, you don't need to save it where it's going to just be cluttering up your your computer screen because it's very stressful to look at that and, and to see, oh my God, I'm never ever in my life going to answer all these emails. And there was actually a study done in it. I don't remember who the person was that was credited with actually creating this term uh, about email bankruptcy. I think it may have been Sherry Turkle is widely credited with this. But when you say that you're going to, you're going to declare email bankruptcy, it's like when you declare bankruptcy, because you can't pay your financial debts, you're declaring email bankruptcy because you can't possibly respond to every email that you've saved. So you're sending an email to every person in your mailbox saying, if you sent me an email that I haven't responded to, and it's important, please resend it. I've declared email bankruptcy and I'm starting over. And you can take every email in your mailbox and you could save it in a file that says email prior to and put the date on it and then start fresh. That's such a great idea. Well, I use something called saying later, which our mutual friend Erica recommended to me. And that has something like that. That does have a feature like that. I think it's just called saying archive. Right. That takes your old emails and just kind of takes sweeps them away. So I did do that. You'd be crazy to, you know, just delete everything. I mean, that's pretty bold, but starting over is not such a bad idea when you're so, so far behind that you're going to never catch up. And so many of those emails that you're saving as a reminder one week later, they're really irrelevant. So true. And I also have a habit of just a fear of deleting in general. And I tend to keep things. Like if I get something from a store that I think I want to shop at, and there's a code in there for a discount, I'll save it. And then I never delete it. It just sits there forever. Right. But if you saved it, let's say you created a shopping file, and that was the place where you would know where to find it. You know, it's, it's years ago, I used to tell people to unsubscribe from magazine publications that they weren't reading. So the rule of thumb is if it's a daily publication, you need to get rid of it daily, a weekly publication, get rid of it weekly and a monthly publication, get rid of it monthly. But the catalogs, 
you get catalogs every single day and it just encourages bad behavior. In the same way that you get mm-hmm. these emails now. I mean, every day there's a sale. Oh, yes. I mean, there's things that are on sale and it's painful for me not to be buying them, but I'm not going anywhere. Right. So I can't buy things to not go anywhere. So true. So true. All right. And the final tip, you had one more tip for digital decluttering. Oh my God. I have so many that we've gotten into, but I would change your subject line. So you know how when you start an email chain, you're talking about one thing and oftentimes five emails later, you're talking about something completely different, but yet we still have the same subject line there. And if you change the subject line, you're going to have an easier time finding it later on. That is so smart. And it's so true because you often have something completely irrelevant or just the RE with a blank headline. (laughs) That's the worst. And you don't know what it's about. Always have a subject line. Definitely have a subject line. Definitely get organized. These are such great tips. I am going to take them to heart and really work on them and maybe follow up with you with some extra coaching. Where can people find you? Because you are you are pivoting your business. You're doing a lot of virtual coaching and people can get in touch with you about that. Right. So I have started doing virtual organizing. And one of the things that's been fun is I've done it where people are looking for activities with their children. We can do a playroom together. I can do the children's room with them. Normally, we, we don't have the opportunity because the children aren't home. So that's been really great. And the other thing that I've been doing is working with companies as we think about when their employees go back to work, how do you restructure and reorganize the office to incorporate social distancing and this new normal that we're going to all have to face? Yeah, that's going to be a huge business for you, um, really rethinking how we work and how we interact with each other and how we combine working from home, which has become so mainstream, with the fact that some people will probably go back to working in the office. It'll be a whole new way of approaching our workspace. Where can people be in touch with you and tell us your social handles as well? Because I know you put out a lot of great content. Great. Thank you. So my website is resourcefulconsultants.com and you can get in touch with me through my website. On Instagram, I'm at barbareesh underscore resourceful, Twitter at barbareesh and LinkedIn, Barbara space reesh. Okay, friends, we have our marching orders and I know I certainly have a ton of work to do with my digital decluttering. What are you working on? DM me on Instagram at bobbyrebell one and at Bobby Rebel on Twitter. Big thanks to my dear friend, Barbara Reich, for helping us all be our most productive financial grown-ups. Financial Grown-Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.